Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day this recording finds you. I hope it finds you well. This is the podcast, my platform for sharing short fiction and updates on what I'm reading and writing. This is episode 78. I am D.L. White, author of contemporary Southern and romantic fiction novels that center Black love and relationships. I'm also a big fan of books, so we usually begin with a book report, then we talk about writing and topics of the day. I am concluding my How I Write series with an epilogue, um, with an episode on epilogues and bonus content. Two things I really wish I was better at. I feel like I can just barely get the book out. Extra stuff? You gotta be kidding me. So let's talk about how we can make that happen if that is your goal. I'm currently writing The Pearl at Black Diamond, Black Diamond Romance number three. I'll talk about my writing process in the writing segment of today's show. The bookcast is a production of books by D.L. White, written, edited, produced, and supported by me. If you'd love to back me up, I would be most grateful. The best way to do that is to buy the books. I mean, also talk about the books, but also buy the books. Books by DLWhite.com slash books has all of the good stuff in ebook or audio. This month, I am celebrating my debut novel, Brunch at Ruby's, which turns nine at the end of March. Nine. It's She's almost in double digits. And and I'm already planning for the 10th anniversary of this novel. So uh, this month, I uh, I said I'm celebrating my debut novel. I have put the ebook on sale for 99 cents wherever ebooks are sold. And the audiobooks, audiobook is on sale at my store, at Spotify, and Nook Audio also for 99 cents. It's supposed to also be on sale at Apple for 99 cents, but... um. It somehow has not dropped yet, so keep an eye on it if you're an Apple girly. And if you talk to me nice, I have a few Spotify audiobook codes for all of my audiobooks. If you don't want to go through the hassle, but really want to listen to the audio, hit me up. A reminder that if you are a member at Everand or Kobo Plus, the ebook and the audio are available as part of your subscription. All I want is for people to snatch up my favorite girl, the book of my heart, and enjoy it. We have a lot to cover today, so let's get it on. Uh, today, we will start with the book report as always. Then I'll update on February marketing growth or shrinkage as it as it were. And I'll talk about a bonus topic in my How I Write series. Fittingly, it's on extra slash bonus content and how we can use that to treat our seasoned readers and or attract new readers. Today is Saturday, March 2nd, March people. Why is it March already? February, we're sure in a hurry to get out of here. It is 9.13 a.m. It is overcast and a little bit rainy in the Atlanta area. I have a mic and I am ready to dig in. But first, I'm actually having tea today. It's a blackberry citrus. Um, There's something about like I love coffee and like the Bustella was hitting, but I was like, I'm going to have some tea. So let's have some tea. All right. It's really, really hot. I love this Yeti mug that I have. It just, I drink beverages slow, very slowly. And so if I'm going to drink something hot, I need it to stay hot. So I do have this little thing on my desk that keeps stuff hot, but also the Yeti keeps it piping for quite a while. And I love it. 
We begin, as always, with the book report because I am a book head. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to read a book. We have. I have read 30 books of my challenge to read 150 books this year. I am ahead on my Goodreads challenge goal, but we're holding steady because uh, I'm about to hit some heavy writing time and I always hit a wall mid-year and I need a break. So I'm going to stack up and stay ahead while I can. And since we're at the end of February, I want to memorialize my reading for the year so far. In January, I read 10 books. In February, I read 17 books. Now, a lot of those were audio and a few of those were short reads, really just to get me in the mood. I needed to get back into my romance bag. And so I dove into some short reads, uh, really enjoyed myself. Uh, so that's how I hit 17 books in February. This, boy, this week, I read five books. I read a lot of Christina C. Jones this week, 81st and Clark, a Clark Brothers collection. Really enjoyed this collection. The second and third stories were bangers. I read Listen to Curiosity. This is Blackwood After Dark book number one by Christina C. Jones. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that certain elements of romance like um, dominant submissive type, not they're just not for me. It's just and uh, it, that's confirmed. The book was great. It was very well written. She knows she can write her tail off. I'm just now I know there are certain books. I just I need to stop reading them. They don't work for me. Uh, no. I also listened to Love Notes Equilibrium Number One by Christina C. Jones. And then I uh, read Temptation of a Good Man. I actually listened to Temptation of a Good Man because the audio just dropped by Delaney Diamond. Uh, Goodreads tells me I read this back when it was released, but I did not remember a single word of it. So the reread was good. Uh, this was this is an excellent novel. It's a super fast listen. It's about three hours. Now I listened to to about 1.7 to 2 in speed. So it's possibly a bit longer than that, but uh, it's a short listen. Very good. Delaney does not miss. And then I read, I listened to A Love Song for Ricky Wilde by Tia Williams. This book was fabulous. Tia Williams is one of my favorites. I have loved her for a long time. The Perfect Find is still one of my favorite novels. Um, Seven Days in June was a banger. I know there are a lot of people that did not like that book. I absolutely freaking loved it. A Love Song for Ricky Wilde is beautiful. It is so beautifully written. It is, um, it's a dual time period novel where I, my, it's my favorite when the time periods dovetail. Um, I absolutely, absolutely, positively love this book. I gave it five stars. Really well done. Already waiting for Tia's next book. Um, bring it. This book is really, really well done. This week I am reading, I'm going to read This Could Be Us by Kennedy Ryan at Skyland number two, but I'm going to wait for the audio on this. Um, I was going to start the ebook, but I just know the audio is going to be a whole different experience. The same with The American Daughters. I'm going to grab that in audio. I've been really reading a lot of romance because I'm writing a romance. So um, I'm hoping The American Daughters is not going to throw me off. I'm going to probably get that started maybe today. I've heard it's very good. So I'm looking forward to it. And then Sharice Hodges just dropped Making Mine Again, a second chance novel. I think it's actually a novella, but you know, semantics. It's Sharice's birthday. It's also Reese Ryan's birthday. So just shouting out a happy birthday to some of my faves. And so I think it's actually Sharice Hodges. Is it Sharice or Sharice? One of those. She has a new release. It's called Making Mine 
again, a second chance novel, and I'm going to put it into my face because um, I think I should be able to get through that today. This week, I put down Thomas Mullen's rumor game. I was really going to try to push myself through it. It's World War II fiction, and I really thought I could get through it, but I just heard a loud buzz in my ear when I tried. It was not my bag. Oh, well. Um, no shade to him in the least. His other novels, um, specifically the Dark Town series, were very good. I just could not drag myself through World War II fiction. Moving on to the writing update. So as of yesterday, and uh, I I typed here in my rundown prep, I was really positive that I was going to actually get to writing yesterday, but I did not. I ended up playing a game and listening to the last half of Love Songs for Ricky, a love song for Ricky Wilde. I was at 30,412 of my 70,000 word goal. And yes, that's fewer words than I had last week by a bit. While I added a, about 2,500 words, uh, I did add a whole new chapter. I also deleted a lot of words because it was a backstory dump and I was bored with it. I needed chapter two to pick up right where chapter one leaves off and chapter two was just going too far back. And that happened because I, I actually started the book with chapter two, then realized I wanted to start with Davis's point of view and then roll it back to Kari's point of view. And so chapter two, which used to be chapter one, just had a lot of book beginning words in it. And I just had to cut all of those out. So I deleted a lot of words that were okay, um, but they were not needed. So now chapter two is not as long as it used to be, which relieves some of my anxiety about how long my chapters are in this book. So now I'm feeling a lot better. This will be my last week of concentrated writing time, and I plan to make the most of it. Last week worked out really well. I had a good mix of a steady stream of work in the morning. And then as the work, you know, the business starts to wane in the afternoon, I could get into my document while watching the email on the phone. Everybody was out of the country and the work was slow. It was really good. This week, my manager is going to be out of the office, so I will have more time to work and I really need to take advantage of it because my deadline, while about eight weeks off, is quickly approaching. I am not afraid to push this book back, but I'm also trying to squeeze into my editor's schedule. And so I don't want to throw her off by sending the book late. Uh, I need to get it to her first week in May this week. So I want to focus on refining the remaining chapters I started with and get some new and get some new words down. I um, I added a chapter last week. I have so much story for Kari and not at all enough for Davis. So the stories and the character arcs should be the same to me. They should be even. They're both working toward something. They're both running from something and working towards something. And um, like maybe I need to go through my goal, motivation, conflict worksheets again, get some ideas on how to move these two through the development of their relationship. It's a workplace romance, so I have a built-in conflict. I just need to work around it and weave in each other's individual idiosyncrasies. They each have reasons to not be together. Working on that this week, on the marketing front, um, I rolled through my numbers to compare February to January. Uh, so for Instagram, January 1 through 31, I was at 30K impressions and an increase of 14.4 compared to December. 
which makes sense because I released a book at the end of December. So I was still probably hitting marketing hard. I had a decrease of 54.9 profile visits and the same in external link taps. So nobody was tapping on my links in January. Mm. It makes sense. Um, I went hard in December with holiday promotions and a new release. And then toward the end of January, I really started to taper off. In February, I hit 21,000 impressions, a decrease of 29.6 from January. I had a decrease in profile visits and external tap links. Again, I just haven't been as active. So the numbers make sense to me. I'm also super comfy on Instagram and Twitter. So I admit I'm not really trying that hard. The last few weeks, I slacked off a lot with promo and I just didn't have the energy. I would rather the read, quite frankly. For YouTube, people watched my videos 1,692 times in January. I added 13 subscribers, but views decreased by 46% from December. In looking at my top content, YouTube seems to like the memes and cap cut things that I copy over from TikTok over anything organic that I create. Um, they also like audiobook snips, so I could do more of those. I'm only getting comments and a few at that on my podcast posts over there. In February, people watched my videos 1,167 times. Views are down 6% from January. Watch time is down 18% and I lost five subbies. I'm sitting at 137 subscribers, just to note for when I review March. On TikTok, I'm not even really trying, but in January, views were up 14% from January, likes um, from December. Sorry, likes were up 48% and unique viewers were up 12%. Profile views, comments, and shares were all down by nominal numbers. Then in February, when I really just said, screw this and stop trying, views are down 8.2%, but most everything else is up. Not a freaking clue how. I have no idea. I'm literally just logging in and doing whatever. TikTok is the platform where trying hard does not do a lick of good. Just log in share some things, repost something, make comments, laugh at cats, log out. No no sense at all. No rhyme or reason. It is not a, a platform that you have to come to prepared, apparently. You just log in, uh, post some stuff, log out. Yeah, I, I mean, I can do that, <laughs> you know? So we'll see where March goes. I'm supposed to spend a few hours on Sundays putting together promotions and I was on that train for a little bit. I'm just, I'm tired. I did it all of February. Did I do it all of January? I don't remember, but I'm just tired. There's there's other things I would rather do with my time than spend three hours on a Sunday putting together a promo for it to not look be looked at. It doesn't, I don't, I don't feel like it got me more views. It didn't bring me more followers. It didn't blow me up or anything. I, of course, you know, I only did it for a couple of months and I just feel like there are better things I could be doing with my time. I don't like wasting my time. We'll see what happens tomorrow if I really feel like putting some stuff together for the week and posting it. I do like posting like something funny every day on like Instagram and Twitter, like those are my strongholds, but like I'm on those all day, every day. Anyway, it's not like people don't see me. I really need to put that content on the places where I am not so that it appears that I showed up there. So that might be a strategy. Just really focus on the platforms where I don't hang out, like TikTok, like YouTube, Blue Sky as well. Blue sky is now wide open. Uh, you don't need um, you don't need an invite code anymore. So, as soon as they are at a place where I can pre-plan 
stuff to post there, it'll go much better for me. But I just barely remember a couple of times a week to log into Blue Sky. Uh, I'm going to ride Twitter until the wheels fall off. <laughs> so on to our topic for the week. We are talking how I write, and this is the last episode of this series. I've actually really enjoyed putting it together, but I'm ready to be done with it. Uh, today, we are talking about epilogue and bonus content. After the party, it's the after party. And we're talking about how we can use these elements outside of your main story. So Writer's Digest offers six reasons for using an epilogue. First of all, an epilogue should be considered extra material. Your book should have a satisfying ending during your falling action or the end of your novel. The epilogue should not include any information that readers needed during the previous chapters. It's literally dessert. Now, I've read some books where it seems like the epilogue should have just been another chapter and... It, it throws me off because what if I just decided to skip the epilogue, then like I don't actually get an ending for that book. You need a clear reason for using an epilogue without a proper purpose for including one. An epilogue might come across as anticlimactic or a dead weight, inadvertently signaling to your readers that you're afraid your ending is so weak that they won't be able to extrapolate meaning from it without help. Make sure your epilogue is enhancing your story in one or more of the following ways. So we use an epilogue to one wrap up story events after a traumatic or violent climax. This is especially important when the ending is abrupt or surprising or when the fate of the characters is not clearly clearly depicted. If your ending raises more questions than it answers, you'll need to create an epilogue to resolve that problem. Number two, highlight consequences and results of story events. Maybe your ending features a major revelation, which I feel, um, I mean, should that be at your at the end? I, I don't know. The epilogue will serve to assure the reader that justice has been dispensed. Maybe at the end of your detective crime thriller novel, the assailant, the not the assailant, the perpetrator is caught. And your epilogue is like, here's how the victim healed and here's what happened afterward. And, you know, they went to trial and they were sentenced to jail. That's what I would use an epilogue for in that instance. Provide important information that wasn't covered in the climax or denouement, which is your falling action. If your character was ailing in the story, you might want to explain their fate. If a character becomes pregnant, the epilogue can explain the birth of the child. This is typically where romance authors add their characters in a sappy wedding and baby's ending and ride their characters off into the sunset. And readers just absolutely love that cliche ending. Suggest the future for your protagonist and other characters. This is an important consideration in series fiction or if you're planning a sequel. An epilogue might also be appropriate if a character undergoes severe physical, emotional, or psychological trauma to assure the readers of his um, or her full partial recovery. An epilogue can make the story seem more realistic. For example, if you've killed off a character, the epilogue can be written by another character to explain how things went down. Or if you're writing a story and the ending was literally explosive, the epilogue assures your readers that the protagonist has survived. I really like the use of this in a crime fiction novel when I think my fave character was harmed in bringing the villain to justice. 
Provide data on your large cast of characters, especially if you've written a sweeping historical or an epic novel. Often with a large cast, it's difficult to suggest the fate of every character. In Vanity Fair, for example, William Thackeray wrote an epilogue titled, Which Contains Births, Marriages, and Deaths. While this may seem old-fashioned to some readers, in a highly complex novel, you can sometimes justify following the cast into the future. And this is great, as was said, if you are writing a series because you can then introduce your next couple or your next book or your next conflict in your epilogue. Now, you can go further than this with an extended epilogue and bonus scenes. These scenes are typically written outside of the book and only available to readers once they finish reading the book, whether it's sent via your newsletter um, or formatted like a book and distributed through um, a site like BookFunnel. Maybe it's material that's only available to your membership. It serves as a treat to people who are dedicated enough to read your work. It's also like a bit of a bait to catch new readers. You can use bonus chapters that don't give spoilers as a way to show potential superfans your caliber of work. The blog at BookFunnel offers advice on using exclusive content to turn your readers into fans. Readers love exclusive content. And BookFunnel is an easy, handy way to send that content out. First of all, give your readers more of what they want. Treat bonus slash exclusive content as a love letter to your fans. Epilogues work because the reader is already invested in the book they just finished. You're giving them a little bit more and assuming they like the book, they want to know what happens next. This works for a series or a standalone, actually works really great for a standalone. If they love your words and they love your story, more content is always good and they'll join your list to get it. You'll use this in your newsletter call like, hey, I have um, bonus chapters. I have an extended epilogue. It's um, only available if you sign up for the newsletter. You sign up, you get it automatically sent to you. Um, I see that time and time and time again. It even works on me. Also consider extended scenes like a director's cut, an, an annotated version of the book, deleted scenes, extra steamy slash NSFW scenes. These can all be used to stay near and dear to your reader's heart. Lately, I find... I don't have energy for bonus content. An epilogue, maybe, like if I just feel like the the reader would like to see beyond, you know, the end, beyond the happily ever after, I don't have energy for bonus content. I just, I don't have a mind for it. I, I was going to try to write one with Home for the Holidays, but I was so bored with what I came up with. It was so pointless. Like there's no, there's no point to this at all. There was no reason to keep writing. Like maybe I was just burnt out, but the window for bonus content for that book has closed. I think I struggle enough to write the main content. I'm not going to drive myself crazy by producing additional content. Not right now. Anyway. So my best tip for bonus content is don't be cliche. If you can avoid the wedding and children ending, though readers seem to really enjoy these and even I have a few of those. Make it fun, expected, different, but give your readers more of what they've, they're already missing and they're craving. If your readers loved your novel and your characters, they will eat up your bonus material. It's also a great way to stay in your readers' faces and bridge a long gap between books. If you have ideas for a short, an offshoot from a longer standalone novel, pound out some bonus content and let it fly. 
If you have made it through this series, thank you for sticking with me. I got a weird idea in January and very quickly pulled it together. This is the kind of material that I wanted to hear from writers when I was first starting out. So I hope it has been helpful or at the least reminds you that if the words make the page, you are doing fine. If there's like a short series that you would love for me to cover from my point of view on how I write, shout me out a holler. Let me know. I'm always on Instagram or Twitter. Hit me in the DMs or you can visit the show notes of this episode at booksbydlwhite.com slash bookcast. I really welcome your feedback, your ideas, anything you want me to talk about from my point of view. Again, I am not an expert at all. I am nobody's expert. But if you want to see how I would address a certain topic, a certain technique, my thoughts on things, I am happy to get on this mic and ramble for 36 minutes about just about anything. So thank you so much for joining me for this series. It was fun. And it'll be memorialized uh, on my website, booksbydalewhite.com slash bookcast. Um, every episode is labeled. You can also hit me up on um, every, just about every podcast app out there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. That brings us to the close of today's episode. Thank you for joining me for today's chat. Do not forget to follow me on all of the socials. I'm author DL White in most places. Shout me out and share the podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give a girl a rating. I'd really, really appreciate it. You can support this podcast with your book purchases by spreading the good word or by throwing some coins in the hat at bookcast.busprout.com. Every little bit helps. And I thank you for it. I will be back next week with a reading and a writing update. Please enjoy your weekend. Have a superlative week and we'll chat again soon. Bye-bye.